Today's changing IP landscape is unprecedented. Stakeholders have a growing array of global tools that bring enormous opportunities but also challenge traditional portfolio management and enforcement strategies. In this, the first of a three-part podcast series on IP landscapes, Finnegan partner Eric Rossidi and Nishla Kaiser, a former Finnegan attorney and currently Chief Intellectual Property Counsel at Intellia Therapeutics, join us to discuss some of the fundamental issues facing stakeholders today. This podcast was originally recorded while Nishla was an attorney with Finnegan. Nishla, what is a patent landscape? Patent landscape can mean many different things to different people. It's typically a survey of a field, usually a particular technology area, and that survey could be something like looking at the history of how a technology has evolved over time. It could be looking at the current state of the art. It could be looking at a company's closest competitors to see what they're doing, where they're filing. For a patent landscape, typically that focuses on IP filings in that particular field, but it can also include publications, research documents, looking at marketing materials, what other companies are really doing, how they're performing in the market. You typically hear people use words like 30,000-foot view or bird's-eye view or high-level overview when they talk about landscapes. And that really is a large aspect of the landscape. It's to capture a lot of information in a particular technical area, but it also includes deeper dives to answer specific questions that a company might have. Typically, the landscape isn't just for use by the lawyers in a company. It really can be designed to be useful for the scientists, for business people, for anyone who's making decisions that involve IP and technology. Part of that is because patent documents are somewhat unique in that they are both a legal instrument, but they do contain a lot of valuable technical information that can be harvested by different people in the company. Usually, landscapes are most useful if they're updated regularly. The whole point is that companies going to be spending a lot of time and effort and money into putting together the landscape and having it well thought out and having well-defined goals of what you want the landscape to answer, whether it's who your competitors are, what they're doing, whether it's how your technology area is evolving or where geographically the hotbeds of activity are, really thinking through those questions ahead of time and performing updates regularly, depending on how quickly the technology is moving, can allow the landscape to be useful to a large number of people in an organization for hopefully a long period of time. Eric, what does a patent landscape look like? Well, a landscape can take many forms. And the takeaway is that there is no standard definition. So the company that wants to use this is in a position to demand that the landscape addresses the needs that the landscape is being created for. Now, there are a lot of commercial providers in the informatics space that provide various graphical outputs for patent searches and whatnot, and those can be useful and may satisfy the purposes of a company that wants a landscape. Or it could be something as simple as a spreadsheet listing the closest competitors' patents and claim attributes of those patents. But the takeaway is that the company is in a position to demand really what works for them and that it's a custom product that should address and fulfill the needs that it was created for. But some of the common features, usually a successful and flexible landscape will have a data back end. 
So a database that holds all the relevant intellectual property, say patents, and their claims and other bibliographical or geographical details that can be searched and can be displayed in a visual way that is useful. You could have various attributes like filing activity and technology by each of one of several companies. You can see over time how these filing trends would change. Breaking down claim coverage based on whether, say, it's a composition or a method or an apparatus. Breaking things down by attributes of interest. If your company has a specific feature that is not really on the market and it's a point of distinction in the market, then the landscape can help to keep track of where that feature and innovation in a relevant area is taking place. And lastly, for small entities and even larger ones, this can help to show where intellectual property is available that could be licensed. For example, a small company could be looking toward universities for relevant technology to end license and also potential partners for out licensing. So what does a landscape look like ultimately? It should successfully convey to a viewer, to a user, to the ultimate customer, the client, information that can be accessed quickly and help to answer questions on an ongoing basis. And it should be based on real good data. Nishla, how is a landscape made? Usually the first step of making a landscape is sitting down with the client and figuring out what is the scope that should be searched. Are they looking at a specific technology? Are they looking at specific competitors? Are they looking at particular target customers or, for example, in a medical field, certain types of patients? What is the scope that you're looking at? What is the universe of documents that you're going to pull in for this landscape? Once you decide on that, then the next step is to screen for relevance. So going through the results of that search, throwing out the junk, figuring out what the hits are that are within really the scope of what the client is interested in. And then for the relevant set, analyzing based on predefined criteria. For example, if you're looking at a pharmaceutical composition, are you looking for particular formulations? Are you looking for particular dosing regimens, methods of treatment? What specific technical areas is the client interested in? So analyzing the results based on the scope of the project. And one thing to keep in mind is that as the landscape is being conducted, sometimes surprising information comes out. So keeping an open mind can be really important and setting up interim times for discussion to go through things that are unexpected. That can really provide a lot of valuable information because if you go in and only really analyze the stuff that you expected to find, you really can miss out on some important information. It's also important to spend extra time up front to really define the scope, to define how the landscape should be used or how the different people within the company want to use the landscape so that as the people performing the search go through the results, they have an understanding of where certain results might fit in to the bigger picture and can really provide valuable feedback to the company even during the process, not just waiting until the very end. And the final aspect is updating the landscape. So when you do the search and you do the initial analysis, that really provides a snapshot for one particular point in time. That tells you where the world stood on that particular date. But as progress happens in 
the field, obviously more publications come out, and you really want to make sure that if you're looking at the landscape a year from now, you're not missing out on everything that's happened in the last year. So doing updates at an appropriate time interval is really important to make the landscape useful for a longer period of time. And I would only add, to be successful, this is an exercise that involves people that are communicating and thinking, and it's an iterative process that goes back and forth as the landscape is developed. Rarely is an optimum landscape achieved by simply typing in a search query and having a computer algorithm display results automatically. It just requires some human intelligence to get the best outputs. Our guests have been Nishla Kaiser, a former Finnegan attorney and currently Chief Intellectual Property Counsel at Intellia Therapeutics, and Eric Rossidi, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, including other parts of this IP Landscape series, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.